0: And warm, great to see all those lovely faces. So, yes, we are continuing our series on Australia, and I am speaking this morning on gratitude. I am Australian, I'm happy that I'm Australian. I'm happy to live in the great southland of the Holy Spirit, as Kiros said. We heard about all that last week from Pastor Chris. And I thank God that he brought my ancestors here. Not just convicts, by the way. Like Chris pointed out, the convicts. There was also a Captain Southwick who came. We had, we had Galway. We've got, we, we, we have both sides in our family. <laughs> we go with them both. So I have no doubt that it was God's plan for my ancestors to come here and for me to be born in Australia. This is where God wanted me to be. And I thank God for that. In, uh, in the Australian, actually on Thursday... I prophesied this would happen. There was an article about the way that we speak and teach about Australia on Thursday. I knew. Because when we start to preach the church, we prophesy what needs to be said and taught in our world. And we are speaking this out into our nation. So um, this article by Natasha Bita, Joanna Williams, who's a British historian, has leapt into the Australian um, story and said that history classes in Australia and Britain – are increasingly focusing on past wrongdoings rather than celebrating national successes. National shame is being taught in school history lessons, etc., etc., leading children to to being socialised into negative feelings towards their nation. There is an increasingly prioritised focus on atrocities above all else. This is robbing a national story of its capacity to inspire and unite." That's exactly what's happening and that's exactly what we're coming against because we believe that we should be grateful. Byron preached half of my message when he got up about being thankful, which is great. I'm like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. The Bible says in Psalm 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. James 1:17 Give thanks to the Lord for he is good his steadfast love endures forever and Hebrews also says be thankful and the psalms are full of it there's thankfulness everywhere. God is telling us to be thankful. So one of the things, all circumstances, one of the areas that we need to be thankful about is for our nation, for Australia. We need to praise God for this great country and we need to be so grateful that we are here, that we have come from so many different places and uh, one of our messages will be about multiculturalism and that's looking forward to that. But I just thought, right, I'm just going to pick a couple of things that I'm particularly grateful for. There's so many, and preach about them this morning. So, the first thing I want to preach about is that I'm so thankful for this actual land, for the, the physical land of Australia that God has gifted to us. I'll read some of Dorothy McKellar's poem. Why not? I love a sunburnt country, a land of sweeping plains, of ragged mountain ranges, of droughts and flooding plains. I love her far horizons. <laughs> My kids always laugh at me when I go a little bit wobbly. I love her far horizons. I love her jewel sea, her beauty and her terror, the wide-browed land for me. So, what a beautiful country we live in, yes? We've got um, Kay and Graham who travel all around and they're with us today so they know what it's like out there. We have the most beautiful, beautiful beaches in the world we have the great barrier reef we have pink lakes we have tropical islands we have dramatic deserts we have ski fields we've got everything and this is a big country this country isn't just a little country i looked it up it's five percent of the world's land mass five percent of the of the whole of the land is ours is australia which, to put it in perspective, the United Kingdom is not 0.2%. Point, point and I looked up all the European countries, most of the little tiny nations there, they just say naught. It's just like, it's negligible, the amount of land that you guys have got. We are the sixth biggest country in the world. So from this nation, we learn so much. Romans one twenty says this. Since the creation of the world... God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. People are without excuse. So that is an argument on why we believe in God. And I'm telling you right now, that scripture really hit me. If you don't believe in God, you are deliberately not believing in God because it is so clear the minute you go outside, you know there's a God. God has put it in your heart. You can see there's a God. You know it. You choose to disobey God. So don't, I'm just like, don't let anybody have their little arguments about, well, I don't believe in God. I'm so clever. I'm an atheist. I know everything. It's like, you're an idiot. Clearly there's a God. Look at that painting back there, guys. There's a great big painting on our wall. Can you imagine if someone said, I don't believe in painters? It's like, Well, How do you think that painting came there? I don't know. It's a mystery. It's like it was painted, like, duh. So it's very clear. So that's just a little thing about people who don't believe in God. However, (laughs) however, I thought about that from the point of view of Christians because it says two things that are very clear when we go out into nature, his eternal power and his divine nature. The fact that he's God is clearly seen. So we just need to go outside sometimes and say, you say, I just, I'm just not feeling the power of God. Walk outside. Look at the sky. Look around. Look at the ocean to see how big God is. Go outside in the middle of a storm. Okay, God, you're powerful. Go outside and watch the lightning. I, read, I, I did a whole article about lightning strikes, about when it's God and when it's not God. And this guy was saying, sometimes we know it's God. Sometimes it's not God. And I'm like, what? So I did this whole article and there was this one bishop and they ordained him as bishop in England about 1980 and he didn't believe in the virgin birth, he didn't, didn't, I don't know, he didn't believe in anything really but I don't know why they made him a bishop. So they made him a bishop, in the church that they made him a bishop a bolt of lightning came down, I think it was the neck that night or something, and blasted the whole church, went straight through the spire and you know just did some serious damage to the church and this guy was saying well, clearly that was God because, you know, he doesn't like bishops who don't believe in him to be made bishops. And I'm just like, wow, okay. So we see that in the Old Testament. God is powerful, okay? And we need to walk outside and see his power. We need to get wisdom and explore this wonderful country of ours just by walking outside. We see his power, we see his divine nature, we learn about God. Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim his handiwork, day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they reveal knowledge. Now obviously this isn't just in Australia, I believe that this is all around the world, I'm focusing on Australia because I'm grateful for Australia but it's lovely actually when you go to other nations, you can see how God blesses every nation with something wonderful in creation, you know, I, I, I love that. Every, you know, if they don't have beaches, they've got something. God gives every... I remember when we were in Russia um, and the little kids used to love playing in the snow. They loved winter. It was more fun in winter because the snow, you can slide and slip and dance and play ice hockey and all sorts of things. And I remember someone saying to me once, does it snow where you live? And I said, no, it doesn't snow. And they went, poor Hudson. <laughs> I remember that. Just, poor, poor boy. Not, nowhere to play. And I remember thinking... Yeah, we have a couple of other things, but it's okay. I didn't say that. I just went, yeah, poor kid, no snow. But anyway, <laughs> so, I mean, every nation has something great. But let's thank God for what this nation has, for what God has given us. And, and let's, like, look at that every single day. Just look at the sky. It's proclaiming his knowledge. It's telling us about God I learned something about the planets just today. I was thinking about the order that God created the universe and how he, he created light and then sky and then oh, I hope I get the order, right? Light, sky, <laughs> I forget what was three. I think it was the earth and the – yeah, it was the earth. He separated the sea and the earth and then planets and sun and stars. And I was thinking, oh, he created the planets and the sun and the stars after the earth. And then I went, he created the planet, the sun and the stars – For the earth. He created them for us. You know, when you see those documentaries and it's like, we're just this little speck of nothing, and then they go out into the big universe and they keep traveling and traveling, and there we are, just nothing, just nothing, because look at the universe. Well, that whole universe was created for us, because it says it in Genesis. It said, and then, then He created the sun to be a light for the earth, and He created the planets and the stars to show us the times and the seasons. So that entire universe is for us. It's for the earth. We are the centre. We are the centre of the universe. Believe it. We are. Because that's what the Bible says. And so the heavens declare this. The heavens declare his glory. So look up at the stars and the sky and just, wow, God, you're amazing. I see your glory. Go outside, explore. Linda and I once walked the entire coastline of the central coast. Every single beach and cliff line that you could walk and some that you should not walk. We walked. <laughs> we didn't know if you could walk it or not. We said, let's let's can you get round this, can you get round these rocks? Let's give it a go, shall we? And we, we had some hairy moments there and there was no going back. The tide was coming in. We're like, ah. But anyway, we learned. So, you know, it was fun to go out and do that. It was fun at Lake Cajelligo. I, as you know, I love looking at the birds. There's 850 species of birds in this country. 45% of them are found nowhere else in the world. They declare his glory. They, they reveal his divine nature because of the incredible artistic amazingness of birds. The tiniest little dots above their, you know, above their beaks. And they're so beautiful. I saw a great crested grebe at Lake Cageligo, A stunning bird. I was out there praying and there it was. And I went, oh, I think that's a new bird. And I looked, and it was indeed a great crested grebe. Most of you didn't even know that there were grebes around, did you? Margot probably did. She knows everything. But <laughs> I didn't know. I'm not really into grebes, but bird names are very cute. There's so many lessons to be learnt. So I thank God that we live in such a beautiful nation, and it is beautiful, and it's relatively clean actually if you go to some nations. It's it's pretty good. Apparently not as good as New Zealand, according to Caleb. It's cleaner. But it's pretty good. It's big and it's beautiful and I thank God for it. And I think we should go outside and just praise God for this nation, look after it as best we can, obviously, and learn from about God. It's just such a great way to be encouraged and to be blessed. I want to share a little lesson that I learned one time. I went on a walk ...at Patonga with my family. This is about two years ago. And there was a a gang of us and I was chatting to Justin... ...and he told me how he once saw a goanna being attacked by a bird. He said the goanna had its tail coiled, which he'd never seen like this... ...and they were fighting each other. The bird and the goanna, they just kept going at each other. I went, wow, what a weird thing to see. He goes, yeah, it was really full on... It was loud and it was really weird and I was like, wow. Okay. We took, what, five steps and then we heard this weird, weird noise. A hundred percent, Justin's my witness, we saw a bird attacking a goanna and its tail was coiled exactly as he had said. And we were both just like, what just happened? It was so weird because there – I mean, I've never seen anything remotely like that, and I go bird watching a lot. And I'm just like, and we were both really quiet because it was a very weird thing to experience. They were both loud, and Guyana was making strange noises, and we just went, oh, ah, that's weird. We didn't want to get involved, obviously. So I just said that to me was a real lesson on the power of words. It's – there's something – it's – I just – we literally said it and then we saw it. And I felt that God was really speaking to us about the power of our words, our creative – our words are creative and powerful. We say things and then we see them. And so I do that all the time now with birds because I'm a bird watcher. And so I pick a bird that I know is in that region that I want to see and I just go out and say its name like, Grebe, Grebe. Hello, Grebe. I I actually do. I – you don't want to see me when I'm bird watching. I think I might be slightly odd. But anyway, <laughs> but I do. I say the names because I'm just belie- – sometimes I, there's something powerful about our words. I don't entirely understand that, and that's for another another lesson. But the point is I am so grateful for this beautiful country, for this strange country sometimes, and for all the amazing things that are in nature, and let's go out and enjoy it. And when we do, let's – do that. Let's look what is clearly seen. Let's look at those things. Let's look at for his power. Let's interpret what we're seeing, not just as, isn't that amazing, but isn't God amazing? He made that for me. He sometimes literally put that in front of me so I could see it. So he's, it's for me, the creation. And he wants to bless me with creation. So I thank God so much for this land. Praise the Lord. So the next area that I want to thank God for is for people. I thank God for Australians. Who loves Australians? Isn't it fun when you're overseas and you meet an Aussie, you just get a little bit of a kick like, hey, I'm Aussie, so am I, yay. I remember um, when I was in Italy as a a, a teenager and – we saw some foreigners and I don't know how we got to talking about them. It was a very distinguished, very distinguished looking man and his kids. And uh, we were just chatting like, hi, you know, where are Aussie, you Aussie, yeah, we're Aussie. And he was Aussie with a very posh Aussie accent. And, uh, and we said, so what do you do? You know, where are you from? And he goes, I'm, um, I'm the ambassador actually to, to Russia. And I went, oh, <laughs> well, <wow, laughs> really? And he goes, yes, I am. And I was like... Okay, and so then I turned on the charm, the old Abbotsley charm, which still exists somewhere, and uh, we scored an invitation to go to the embassy in Moscow. Can you believe it? Like, <laughs> it was really cool. So that was actually the first time I went to Russia. Was back in the, back in the USSR. You know, we had the, we were in the in the embassy, so we had kind of. He told us we would have spies watching us, people. So it was, that's another story. But, but it was just fun to meet an Australian, and you just never know when you meet an Australian overseas. There's a real sense of you know, of camaraderie. Thank you for that word. That was a perfect word. And uh, it's nice to be Australian overseas too. I, I, I'm sorry if we have Americans in the room. Sorry, Luke. But when you go overseas and people think you're a foreigner because you speak English, they think, you know, American. You go, no, 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 Australia, Australia. See, kangaroo on the passport. And they go, oh, yeah, kangaroo, yay. And then all of a sudden you're a nice guy, usually. <laughs> I, we're really... One time we were in Russia again and we were driving through... Finland in a Russian car we we had a permission to leave the country and we we're going for a little break in Finland but we had a Lada Neva and we drove out th- on a boat actually and then we, w- we were in Finland and we were waiting in a queue for you know customs or something or other and then we heard a police car and we were like oh there's something's happening a couple of police cars oh, something's happening someone's doing something you know something's wrong And then we're just watching them, watching them, watching them. They're coming closer and closer and closer and closer. And then they stopped right next to us. And we're like, okay. We look at each other like, what have we done? Nothing. But what we had done was we were driving a Russian car, so they thought we were Russians. And this is back in the 90s. They they weren't real keen on Russians coming out and popping into Finland at that time by car. So he gets this Finnish policeman, gets out, and he speaks to us in Russian and says, what are you doing here? And we answer in Russian, briefly, before we go, no, 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 we're not Russian. Look, we're Australian, and we got the password out which has a kangaroo on it, and he goes, oh, Aussies, Aussies, and we go, yeah, yeah, Australian, ha ha, isn't that great? Like, we're just driving a Russian car, we're Aussies, and he was like, okay, yeah, good, yeah, Aussies, you know, like, Like, so, praise God. I love to be Australian. Australia is a very successful nation, And I praise God for that. I have no doubt that it was God's plan to bring Christianity to Australia. Why wasn't Australia colonised sooner? The Muslims had been visiting the Northern Territory for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. I did not know that. I've been doing a lot of study the last week. And they ended up... um, Obviously, we know they came all the way down to Indonesia, which is fairly close. Okay? Taurus, who you'll know from Torres Strait, he met many Muslims in Papua New Guinea in 1607. But they focused their efforts on Indonesia. Why didn't the Chinese colonise Australia? You know, I mean, obviously we have our First Nation people here and we, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that next week. But the reality is that the European nations and the Chinese and Muslims, every nation basically, was taking over at that time. Like, it was, it was probably going to happen... So the Chinese, they colonised much of Southeast Asia and the Hindus came right down to Bali and the Chinese, you know, infiltrated all the way through down to Thailand. and never came to Australia. Why is that? And I believe it's because God reserved this land to be a Christian nation, to bring the word of God. This English form of government that we have is based on Christianity. You need to know that. ...that the English system, based on the Magna Carta, common law and all that... Was, ...it all goes straight back to the Ten Commandments. The entire English system is a Christian system. Even if people aren't actually Christians... ...a lot of them were and that the influence of Christianity... ...was what made the English Parliament and the English government the way it was... ...and that's what we brought to this nation. Christian government and a Christian form of culture... That has come into this nation. An Indian historian called Vishal Mangalwadi writes a great book which is worth reading How the Bible Created the Soul of Western Civilization. The soul of Western civilization is created from the Bible. Obviously, now modern society is madly trying to rip that soul out, but that's where it comes from. And he did a study and he says the empirical data is clear that countries most influenced by the Bible are the least corrupt. Henry Parks, who was one of the founding fathers of Australia, said we are preeminently a Christian people. Our laws and our whole system of jurisprudence, our constitution is based on and interwoven with our Christian belief. So I praise God that this is a Christian nation. This is how it began with the influence of Christianity, with the influence of the word of God, with laws that reflect the, law, the word of God. How wonderful. We need to be grateful for that. And we need to be very careful about unravelling that because it's done us great blessings up till now. Now, I just wanted to say at this point, when I thank God for Australians, <laughs> I'm sure we all have Australians that we don't like. You know, maybe your neighbor or your <laughs> that person down the street, or that teacher or that coworker, or I don't know. There are lots of different types of Australians, and there's no doubt that in our history we have had our share of evil men who did evil deeds and women. And it's unbearable reading Christian the history of our nation and reading about the way that some of these evil men treated, especially the Aboriginals and the First Nation people. It's just, it's horrible. I hate reading about that and I feel bad. And I'm looking forward to exploring some of these issues next week with Susan Dunstan. So the Bible says in Colossians 4:2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So we're not stupid. With this attitude of celebration and gratitude for our nation, it doesn't mean that we just close our eyes and go, "No, no, 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 everything is good, it's all great, it's all good. It wasn't all great. It's still not all great. We have a lot of issues. But look what that scripture says. I think that scripture is very good. It says, "Pray being watchful and thankful. being watchful, being aware, basically. Being aware, yeah, there's some issues here that we need to deal with. There's some stuff that is, that is terrible then and now. I, I don't think it was that much different. My, when I read history, I'm just reading constantly about all these great missionaries who basically did exactly what we do at Lake Gajelagoe. The exact same thing, right from the very beginning. There were people who genuinely cared and tried to make a difference and wanted to love and bless the peoples that were here, the Aboriginals who were here. And I use that term because I just asked all the people at Lake Gajela which term do you like? And they're like, we don't mind, whichever one works. We're Aboriginal, Indigenous, First Nations, we don't care. And go, okay, good, because I want to be respectful of what they like. Um, So we are aware, we're not stupid, but that does not negate the thankfulness. And I think this is the problem, and as I said right at the beginning, is that we, if we focus on the negatives and we focus on all the terrible things, we just, we just become depressed. We lose hope. We're like, oh, well, we're just a pathetic country. We've always been pathetic. Let's just give up. That's not what goes on at all. We see issues. We pray about issues. And we love – and, yeah, we go to Lake Gajelago for 20 years. We try to make a difference, whether it's with Indigenous people or with our own people, you know, with all people that have issues – We want to make a difference. We are aware, we pray, and we love. And the best thing that we can do is be full-on for Jesus and bring more of Jesus' goodness and glory to this land. That's the very best thing we do. And so we do. We are balanced. We pray with thanksgiving. So we are watchful and thankful. We see the issues, but we are still determined to keep an attitude of praise. Philippians four six says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. So there again we see we're not anxious or worried or angry or, or upset about all the, the negatives that we see in our nation. We pray about them and we keep thanking him and this attitude of this sort of balanced attitude of yes these are issues Yes, I'm going to pray, but I'm still thankful. I'm still grateful for all the good. This is the right attitude because if, we're not, if we don't have that attitude, we can get into a, a critical spirit, cynicism, bitterness, resentment, sarcasm, disrespect, or we can go with flippant, trivial, petty, frivolous, clever, useless, wit. we can just say, oh, I'm just going to deal with all that, I'll just, I'll just be witty instead. God wants us to have that beautiful, balanced attitude about our people and our nation. And we are very grateful and very aware of how we can make things better. Having said that, and the other thing, huh, I just want to mention creating anti-heroes is a bit of an Australian thing. That is not the answer. <laughs> like Ned Kelly, I just can't stand the guy. He's a flippin' thief and a murderer. And we make movies about him and do paintings about him and go, well, Ned Kelly, it's like He was a creep, okay? He was a horrible person. Do not teach your kids about Ned Kelly. Why we paint him, I do not know. He's horrible. The only thing, reading about him, there was one guy that I like who's actually kind of one of my heroes. His name is the Reverend John Brown Gribble. John Brown Gribble, who was a missionary to Indigenous Australians, flippin' Ned Kelly and his gang came out to, uh, where is it, Jitably, it was... Oh, you know the name? Yeah, Gerildery. Okay, was that you, Martin? Classic. Martin and margot they know everything. Gerildery. Ned Kell and his gang came out to the post office in Gerildery where Reverend John Gribble had his mission and they stole things in the post office. They did a little stealing thing and the Reverend John Gribble went, no, no, I've had enough of this. So he confronted him and said, you give that watch back. He confronted Ned Kelly, which is kind of brave because he could have been shot. And so um, he did. Ned Kelly went, all right. So he got his mate, give it back, give it back. And they gave back the watch. And then they skipped out of town. And the Reverend John Brown Gribble was like, yeah, stay away from my town. So that's – that's. he's the guy we should be painting and making movies about. Why do we do it with the, with the creep? So, you know, he was a good guy. He He had – He was very brave. He challenged the – in where he went to Western Australia, he saw some terrible treatment of Aboriginals and he challenged the government. He was sacked. He was physically attacked for challenging them for their treatment of the Aboriginals. He was called a lying, canting humbug. He sued the paper for calling him that and he lost. (laughs) So he went on to write a book called Dark Deeds in a Sunny Land. I've read it. It's not pretty. So anyway – So praise God for the righteous men and women of God like the Reverend John Brown Gribble who stood up for what is right, who served God and stood against these anti-heroes who we do not look up to. So I'm just going to go through a few names quickly of some Australian heroes. Now we've mentioned Richard Johnson, but I really like the guy. So I'm going to mention him again, our first preacher. He's great. He was chosen to be our first... Pastor by no less than John Newton and William Wilberforce. Come on, there's the connection. There was a little gang of full on saved guys in England. They said, We need a really good guy to go to Australia. So they chose Richard Johnson. Isn't it funny that as Australians, we all know the name William Wilberforce, we all know the name John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, most of us know that name, but we've never heard of Richard Johnson. Or at least we said, Oh, well, yeah, kind of. This is this thing we've got. We don't want to create heroes but it's good to have you know men and women of God that we look back to and admire listen to what he said he left when he was coming to Australia with his wife Mary the idea of leaving my parents friends and respectful connections the dangers of the sea the description of the people I'm going with the convicts to the very ends of the earth these ideas so impress my mind with fear and terror that I almost resolved to decline the offer but on the other hand When I consider the hopes and prospects of being useful in the reformation of those poor and abandoned people, the power and the promises of God to protect me in any place, I followed the leading of providence, God's guidance, and the prospects of a glorious reward laid up in heaven for God's faithful servants. And I give my free consent to enter into this hazardous expedition. (laughs) Ha ha, what a great guy. He bought hundreds of copies of the Bible and Christian reading. He spoke to the convicts and said, I entreat you, read the word of God carefully. Many of you have had Bibles given to you. Begin the day with prayer. And if you find it impracticable to meditate or pray from the interruptions, if you have families, sounds like today, you should call them together and pray with them. I'm like, this is good advice. (laughs) This is for now. Johnson was just a great guy. He was not supported by Governor Gross, who wasn't saved by the sounds of him one of the first governors, he, uh, <laughs> the governor announced that the services were to be at 6am. They were limited to 45 minutes and the bell was so small when they rang to announce the service that nobody could hear it. He refused to build him a church. So in the end, Richard Johnson, after four years of hassling and waiting to get a church built, built his own church, a wattle and door building that had seated 500 people but then they burnt it down five years later because they didn't like him. So he really had a hard time, but he preached the word of God. What shall, I, what shall we offer to the Lord for all his benefits to me? That's the first sermon that happened in that first week. I love the guy. He sounds just fantastic. He was very supportive of the local indigenous people. He named his daughter Milbar, which is possibly the first child, English child that had a well, – or she was Australian then – who had an Aboriginal name. That's the Aboriginal name. So he was just a great guy. So, and then I looked up so many. I'm just going to run through some quickly. So many of our early men and women who were brave and amazing were Christians. Sometimes it's a little hard to tell with some of the governors if they were actually Christians or just, uh, just sort of spoke about Christ and, and spoke because it was cultural then to support Christianity. Some of them clearly weren't, but some were. And I thank God for that too. How great to have a culture where it was, you know, the dumb thing to be a Christian. So it's hard to know, but some of them were definitely, definitely saved. Charles Sturt, who did several expeditions into the interior of Australia, talks about that without the guidance and protection of God, we would have perished. Uh, Frederick Leichhardt, you've heard of him. He says, I believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord. He was one of the famous uh, explorers and a natural scientist. Edward Eyre, the first man to cross Australia in 1840, he wrote, we ought to distrust ourselves in our own judgment and to place full reliance in the wisdom and goodness of God, who can and in his own good time does make plain and clear what often seems dark, inexplicable or unimportant. He lived a long life. His son ended up being a missionary in Fiji where he was martyred. John McDowell Stewart. So you know some of these names, but did you know how many of them were following Jesus? It's amazing to me. And I even looked it up sometimes. I'd be reading about them and then I'd look up in Wikipedia or in other books about them. No mention of the fact that they were Christians. John McDowell Stewart, you know, the Stewart Highway, he went from south Adelaide to Darwin and back again. He was the first guy to do that. He, he It was, they, you know, they were terribly difficult expeditions. They nearly died. I feel myself getting weaker and weaker every day. I hope the Almighty will have compassion on me and soon send me some relief. He is the only one that can do it, my only friend. Who knew that? Stuart Highway was named after a guy like that. These guys were considered great heroes in their day. They were celebrated and rewarded and their Christianity was part of that. Who's on our $20 bill? I didn't know this. A Christian, a minister, a pastor, the Reverend John Flynn. It's amazing to me. He founded the Royal Flying Doctor Service. He's just a full-on Christian guy. He's amazing. I read about him. Here's some other men and women in history, Australian history, were either saved or who honoured God with their words. Captain Cook, Abel Tasman, William Dampier, Joseph Banks, Samuel Marsden, William Lawson, Ernest Giles, Sir John Forrest, Sir George Gray, Governor John Hunter, Governor Lachlan Macquarie, Sir Thomas Brisbane, Richard Burke, Sir John Gipps, Lieutenant Colonel George Arthur, John Dunmore Lang, Carolyn Chisholm, Georgina Malloy, Mary McConnell, Mary McKillop, Florence Young, Douglas Mawson from the Antarctica, Henry Park, Sir John Downer, Alfred Deacon, our second prime minister, John Fairfax, started a newspaper, Sir Douglas Nicholls, who was the first indigenous governor of South Australia. These just a few names among hundreds of men and women who followed Jesus and not to mention all the unknown saints and all the unknown missionaries The reason I mention this is because this is part of the reason why Australia is so great. It is miraculous that a group of convicts within one or two generations formed a nation that was so powerful and so amazing. And the reason it happened is because of men and women like this who brought the word of God, who preached the word of God and who bravely honoured Jesus with their words and with their actions. And we need to be so grateful and so thankful Listen to what Charles Darwin said. Charles Darwin came to visit Australia. He said this. Now, this is by about the second or third generation. From my reading, the first generations were not... the first generation of convicts were not particularly godly. (laughs) But by the second generation, there was some kind of revival and reformation. People changed. Charles Darwin noticed this. Listen to what he said. On the whole, as a place of punishment... The object is scarcely gained, but as a means of making men outwardly honest, of converting vagabonds most useless in one hemisphere into active citizens in another and thus giving birth to a new and splendid country, a grand centre of civilisation, it has succeeded to a degree perhaps unparalleled in all history. I don't agree with everything Charles Darwin said but he was a, an observer, if nothing else. And he just, people just said, what is this? How is it possible? How is it possible that this group of criminals and convicts have created in such a short time such a godly and amazing nation? And Charles Darwin said, this is unparalleled. This is amazing. And this is our nation, and I thank God for it. I thank God for all that he's done. And I hope that you are filled with hope and that we teach this to our children so that we can have hope because what he's done before, he'll do again. And when we preach this, we need to know that this continues on. We're not some loser nation doing stupid things, just ruining the climate because we produce coal or, you know, (laughs) doing terrible things. We are a great nation still. And so we need to just really know that and Be watchful and prayerful. Deal with the issues, but stay in faith and stay excited about what God has done for us. So praise God. Come on. Let's approach all things with gratitude and celebration. Hallelujah. Let's pray. I don't normally do this, but I've written this prayer out. I want you to pray it with me. Father, we thank you for Australia. And Jesus, we proclaim that you are Lord over this nation. We thank you that this is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. This land has a destiny to minister the power and fullness and gifts and fruit of the Spirit of God in Australia and to the rest of the world. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you so much for so many godly men and women who served you in expanding your kingdom in Australia. We thank you, Father God, that this is a Christian nation that you brought the word of God and the rule of law to this nation. We thank you for our future. We resist the lies and the darkness that comes against this nation, Father God, and we purpose to live godly lives and walk in obedience to your word so that we can add our part in building your kingdom in Australia father god raise us up to be a mighty army to take your word to our neighbors our region and the world and father we especially pray god raise up our young people our beautiful children and our youth lord god let them be born again and zealous for you and bring revival to this land again lord god We desire that you do new things in this country, that you open up a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. We declare surely your salvation is near to those who fear you, that your glory may dwell in our land. Thank you, God. Your glory in our land. That's what we pray for, Lord God. That's what we pray for, that you would release again your glory in this land, Father God. We pray it and we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. God bless you.